0: Welcome to the Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us, and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. How is everyone doing today? This is Antonio, your host of the Movement Code Podcast. Today's episode is going to be slightly different than what we've done in the past where we are, it's going to be just uh, kind of a free flow dialogue with myself, your host. We are going to be answering some of the questions that we received about podcast uh, previous podcast episodes, uh, providing a little bit of clarity. Now, after I've gone back, listened, uh, edited, and listened to those episodes with some of the topics that you uh, that might have come up. Uh, but first and foremost, it is Memorial Day today, so we just wanted to give a special thank you to all of the. Uh, active service members we have, those that have served in the past that have, that have uh, now uh, left us, whether that be a family member or grandparents, and those that uh, have had friends and family members that have lost their lives in the line of duty, we just wanted to give a special thank you to everyone that has served in our armed forces. So thank you so much. We appreciate everything that you guys have done, not only those that are actively we're in the military, but also for the families that have gone through a lot. Um, my, I have grandparents that were grandparents and some cousins that are in the military, but my wife's family, Nichelle, is, this is very close to them. Uh, her father, my father-in-law served in the Army for, I believe, 33 years. And we just thank everyone that's been a part of that. And we cannot, we cannot begin to thank you for all the sacrifices that you guys have made for us. So thank you. Episode five. This is going to be episode five of the Movement Code podcast. We are going to be talking mostly on some of the topics that came up in previous podcast episodes. As a recap, we had two movement challenges from the last two episodes. Uh, Those are the main ones that I wanted to review today. We have playing with movement and we have a water challenge. And the reason why I wanted to bring those up because I think those are two of the most important things that we can do. Starting off with the water challenge, half of your body weight in ounces as a baseline every day. If you work out, you're gonna need more. So for instance, if I'm working out and I'm hot or I'm thirsty Whatever water I'm drinking, I'm not even going to count that for like an hour later and then I'm going to start adding on because I'm basically depleted whatever was kind of in my reserves or stores that I want to bring back up to baseline level and then I'm going to add, start adding after that. So I'm waking up every morning and I'm taking a mason jar and I'm starting off my day with water. Whereas in the in previous days i'd pretty much just start off right with the coffee as most of us says which there's nothing wrong with that as they said coffee still counts but i want to make sure that i'm getting that water kicked off now with todd we had a we had a movement a plane with movement challenge where we were encouraging you is every day to play with movement go outside find a tree branch jump try to touch it try to climb a tree Um, You know, if you have grass, you can do somersaults, you can do cartwheels with your kids, whatever that might be, just trying to get out, mostly outside if you can, if your environment allows you to do that and start playing with movement. Now, we know not everyone has the ability to do this outside, so in your apartment or your house, you can also get pretty creative with this. Now... I wanted to kick off the episode by talking about playing with movement and what that means. Because as we described and as I just stated now, many people would be like, well, that does not sound playful. That does not sound fun to me. Why would I do something like that? I don't really want to go climb a tree. I don't want to jump and try to touch tree branches. Like there's no, doesn't seem that enjoyable. So more likely than not, you're not going to do it. But kind of redefining what playing with movement actually means. And I want to change that from playing with movement to potentially more of a exploration mindset and or more of a free-thinking environment. So what does that mean? Exploring movement, meaning if you're doing a movement, how could you think about doing it differently? Or could you explore different ranges of motions or different positions while doing it. Free thinking. And this comes more so if you're kind of in a group class environment setting. And to be honest too, I, this is the same conversation I have with my clients and my patients in my office. Is Hey, just because I tell you to do something one way based on my interpretation of what it looks like doesn't mean that it's the right way. This is clearly my biased opinion based on what I've seen in my experience as to what I think might work well for you. But if you're doing it and it does not feel good or you feel that you might benefit from doing it a different way, then by all means, go ahead and freethink and explore into that. And where this comes off, comes up quite frequently is again in the group class setting uh, where someone has been instructed or coached to do something a certain way and they thought, because it was a coach or an instructor or a personal trainer, that that is how they must do it from here on and forth. And it puts us into this box where we're kind of constrained on what we're actually able to do and we don't really think about free thinking or exploring into something that might be possible. So this idea of playing with movement might also apply to you as far as exploration or free thinking. Squatting, and for those of you who have been in my office or have heard me talk before, it seems to be the topic of conversation quite often, but squatting is one of the most common areas in which we find this to be the case. For instance, when someone comes into our office Or, or we're doing a a virtual consult or assessment, and we ask them to do a squat. That's one of our main assessments. We look to see a number for a number of different things, but typically, we'll see feet forward, roughly hip to shoulders width apart, and they'll do a squat. And based on how it looks, you know that might be the ideal position for them. But more often than not, we're finding that is not the case. So then we ask, well, why did you choose that position? More times than not, we get the answer. Well, I was coached to do it that way. I was told either from a coach personally or they were doing a video series, P90X, something like that, where the instructor on the video basically said, Hey, we're gonna do squats, put your feet put your feet hip width apart, toe straight. And then that gets basically imprinted in our head, and we think that's always that's how we always need to do squats. And there's not much free thinking in there. And you know, most of us can get by it. It's not that it's gonna create an injury or pain. And without any without the motivation of injury or pain, then most of us are just like, cool, this is just what it is. You know, maybe I'm just not able to do squats as well as other people. But what we want to encourage people is there really is not a right or a wrong way per se when we're talking about you know certain movements we're just trying to find the most advantageous position for you now when we say advantageous position that does not mean that it necessarily is going to be easier because we want it to be advantageous for from a lever standpoint right so for instance if you're too narrow with your feet and that forces your hips really far back behind you because you can't sit in between your hips, then your torso is going to be leaning further forward, which means if you're weighted either in a front squat or even in like a back or an overhead squat, that can, that can make it very challenging for you. But if we're able to find the ideal position for your feet, which expresses more hip range of motion, then that is going to put you at a greater advantage to be able to then lift more waist, which would ultimately be harder for you and making you stronger. Okay. So that's just one one avenue in which we want to encourage you as far as the movement exploration or playful movement to free think about how you can move. And adults, we see this in kids all the time, right? There's no there's no definition on how to do anything. They just, they just figure it out. They just leverage themselves to be able to do something or a task, to pick something up, to climb, to move a car, or a truck, or a toy, right? So if you are a parent, the easiest way for you to see this application in real life is to just watch your kids. And if you're chasing your kids or you're playing with your kids, you will also then find there's no defined criteria, right and that's the whole point of playing with movement that's the whole point of free thinking and exploring movement right trying to get us out of this predefined context in which certain things should be done now that is going to lead me into the second part of this podcast topic that I wanted to talk about in the episode with capo squatting came up again, as it so commonly does, where we use the squat as the example assumption something that is a meaningful movement to someone, right? So quick recap, basically it came down to, and this is at the very beginning of the pre-roll if you want to catch it without watching or listening to the whole episode, it comes down to what is meaningful to the person. Right, what is a meaningful movement? And squatting was the example we used because we were using the re- we were we were using the reference or context of doing like a class, right, across a class, or class a bootcamp class, whatever that is. So, with that, I then brought up how in a book I was reading, which I believe again was Power to the People by uh, Pavel Satsulin, um, uh, who was the gentleman who was basically kind of coined the grandfather, if you will, of kettlebells, bringing kettlebells mainstream to uh, Western cultures. But that the squatting was actually more of a man-made movement. And I wanted to provide some background to that and what my interpretation of that is and what I kind of think he's meaning by that. So essentially, it was more in reference to indicating the deadlift as kind of a supreme movement compared to the squat, and I, and again, I'm, 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 I'm more or less putting words in his mouth, so I apologize. But meaning, in the de- the book, basically is saying that if you do deadlifts and you do presses, you'll be you'll be strong, you'll be pretty badass, and that's kind of what we're referring to. So it's giving it's giving um, it's validating the deadlift, right? It's not that one is better than the other by any means. So I. I apologize when I say supreme because we know that the squat is very functional, but essentially what we're saying is the movement itself, the exercise, the exercise of squat, put weight on your back, put weight on your shoulders, hold weight and squat up and down, up and down, is not as functional as the deadlift, right? If you look at what we, if we back up and define what a functional task is, is, is there carryover to everyday life? Yes, I can see plenty of reasons as to how a squat can help us stand up with weight, right? But we're not there's there's very there's there's not as many there's not as many roles or tasks in which we would just grab weight and go up and down. Whereas the deadlift, picking up something from the ground is is determined to be a lot more of a functional task. That's all we were referring to as as it It being a man made movement. But if you look at exercise in general, most movements, right, most movements we see in kind of the exercise community are man made movements. And we're trying to, I think sometimes we get bogged down by saying this is not a functional movement, this is not a functional task, you should not be doing it. There's plenty of benefits to just doing bicep curls from a physiological standpoint of growing and strengthening your arms. Are bicep curls functional? You know, argument could be made there. But that's what we're referring to as far as the squat being a man-made movement. Now, is the squat a good movement? Yes, it's a phenomenal movement. We know that it strengthens the whole body and the legs very well. And there's different ways in which you can do the squat, whether that would be just a bodyweight squat, a goblet squat, a bear hug squat, a front squat, an overhead squat, a back squat. You can see where we're going with this. Okay, so functional, right? It does not mean that it necessarily has to have immediate implication and carry over to a task that you would do, right? So for instance, let's use the deadlift and the squat compared together. We have, let's say for instance, we were able to, uh, to deadlift up a heavy bag, just like we would see like maybe with an Atlas stone, like a World Strongman would be doing, it's heavy enough where you can only really deadlift it up to your thighs. And then you have to squat down and basically do like a bear hug, and then you stand up with it. That would be the squat portion of this combined movement. So we do see there that squatting obviously would be very beneficial, and it's a component. And in my opinion, squatting and deadlifting are very interchangeable. Yes, one is more designed towards picking up, Something from the ground, but as we just described, sometimes you need an element of the other to be able to complete the task. As a reminder, everything that we do in life, right, is based on some sort of task completion. Right? There's a goal in mind. There's a goal at the end. And this is where we can combine the two topics we basically just talked about, as far as movement exploration, and free thinking, is the fact that our body Wants to be able to complete the task, we will do that in any shape or fashion that we know because that is the goal. So if we don't have the ability to, you know, so much as free think, then sometimes our technique or our form or our body shapes and positions might be compromised because we were told to do something one way, but yet the task or the goal that we were trying to achieve. And those don't match up. So that is kind of what, that kind of, that is essentially what we were referring to as far as the squat being a man made movement. Again, most movements that we do or that we see. In mainstream media and fitness and, and whatnot today, they're they're man-made movements. It's and it's totally fine. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong or against that. I just wanted to redefine what we were referring to as a result of that. So I hope that provides a little bit of clarity, hope that provides a little bit of context. What I want to encourage you guys to do, because again, at the end of each episode, we want to again provide some form of a goal or challenge for you guys is I want to take this and continue what we had already discussed in these prior two episodes. I want us now with this, with a little bit more clarity or discussion around those two points is to take those and apply them into this next week. The water challenge, that's pretty straightforward. Get your water in folks. Right. It's super easy to do. As we know, we can't control a whole bunch going on in our lives, but we can control definitely what's going on in our bodies, whether that's a diet, right? Cleaning up our diet, but we control how much water we take, right? So make sure you're getting your water in. Super straightforward. Playing with movement, the extension of our conversation with Todd Hargrove. The playing with movement, we want to encourage you to change that to movement exploration and more of a free-thinking mentality and mindset so that when you're doing your exercise, your fitness, your workouts, whatever you want to call it this next week, you can apply this free-thinking concept and model to a couple of the movements that you are maybe having trouble with to a couple of the exercises that you have found to always be super challenging or difficult for you. I want you to try to start thinking about that. Now, some of, the ways, some of the things you might have to do is you might have to decrease load. You might have to decrease load by either using lighter weights. If you're doing body weight or calisthenic types of work, you might need support either with the bands or you might need to go at an incline if you're doing push-ups. But by decreasing the load so it's not as heavy, You're able to control the movement a little bit better. You're able to slow the movement down so that you can actually have time to think about certain things. You actually can be able, you're actually able to structure and change your shapes and positions, whether that be in between reps or during a repetition. Okay, so those are some of the things I want you to try out. now. Coming forward, we do have Dan and John coming on our podcast, and and um, we're kind of leaking that early on so that you guys can be sure to check that episode out. But we are going to go over the the basic movement patterns as it as it applies to to training, right? And I'm not going to share what those are because I'm going to let Dan share. Dan's been having you know talking about these basic movement patterns for quite some time now and i think it'll it'll help clarify some of the squatting and the deadlift stuff that we were talking about as well so be sure to check that episode out i believe that is coming out next week episode six okay well I hope this was beneficial for you guys. Um, again I'm, I wanted to kind of go ev- I wanted to go every three to four episodes where I just come on, talk about some of the questions we've had, clarify some of the topics that we've had in the past. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Again, we're on multiple different platforms. I don't know which one you're listening on right now. But we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play or Google Podcasts. And you can always catch it on our website uh, under podcasts. We have all those listed there where you can, you can follow along with us. If you enjoy the podcast, we would greatly appreciate uh, a review. Or any feedback you can give us back directly, we love hearing feedback, and I want to make sure that this is beneficial information for you. But not only beneficials, you know, information that you can start using right away. We want you to be able to apply this, not just not just theory. We want you to guys to actually jump in and, and and create some application. And if you have not, last last request is give us a follow on uh, Instagram. Movement code right? Just movement code, go over to Instagram, follow us. Um, be sure to tag us if you're doing any, if you're applying any of these movements or these strategies, um, in your everyday life, we would love to see what you guys are doing so we can follow along. Thanks again, guys. And we look forward to seeing you next week on the movement code podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week.